So I want one of the ushers to do me a favor. Um, could one of you ushers please go get me little baby Jesus in the manger out there? And I didn't want to bring him in here before service because I didn't want to you know, freak anybody out and think somebody had stolen baby Jesus. But I want a visual tonight because we're going to talk a little bit about the baby Jesus tonight. And uh, is that all right with you? Can we talk about Jesus? I mean, he is the reason for the season, right? Um, and I, I think that song is interesting because the title is Mary Did You Know? Well, you know, Mary did know. We don't know to the full, you know, what extent she knew. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but, but Mary knew. She knew something was up. Um, let's go ahead and look at the first slide. I went ahead and I did a keynote presentation for tonight, so we'll see how it goes. And I hope that you can read that. Is that big enough? All righty. Um, so let's just look in uh, Luke chapter 1 here. It says um, that the angel Gabriel appeared to her. Yeah, let's just put him where everybody can see him, you know. Yeah, just anywhere. Oh, right here? Okay. Don't be gentle with them, Sean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, so the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be, a, he will be supreme and will be known as the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on his ancestor David's throne. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. Wow. So, so really, Mary knew. She knew something, right? She knew something was, was different. I mean, what, she was a 16-year-old girl. She was a virgin. She's pregnant. The angel appears to her and tells her how wonderful this baby's going to be. Mary knew something. So really, the question tonight isn't, Mary, did you know? My question is, do you know? Do you know what this baby boy means? Do you know what this sweet little baby in a manger that we celebrate on Christmas, do, do we all know exactly what that means? Amen? Do we really know the real meaning? Let's go to the next slide. So the great I am. Let's look at a couple of scriptures. Um, Exodus 3 here. See, basically Moses um, is talking to God and, you know, this is when he, he basically says, you know, God, what's your name? Who do I tell them sent me? And so in Exodus 3, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And so then in um, John chapter 8, Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? <laughs> and Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Wow. Now, when you first read that, you almost think that's, um, as a school teacher, you know, they, they probably try to correct that, that English. That's not really the right way to say it. You would think it would be, before Abraham was, I was. But no, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Isn't that good? That's powerful. What a statement. I am. 
And of course, they didn't like it. It says, then they took up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out to the temple, going through the midst of them and so passed by. I'm not exactly sure what happened there. Either he covered their eyes so they didn't recognize him or he made himself invisible somehow to go through them. I don't know for sure, but... It was a miracle. Amen. Um, and then a real familiar scripture in John 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yes. In verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh, which is what this baby is, right? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So this little baby is the Word. Yes. The Word is God. Yes. So this little baby is the great I Am. He yes. is God, right? Let's um, go ahead and go to the next slide. We're going to look at a few things that the Bible has to say about this little baby here. It says he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. There's scriptures, by the way. I don't have time to, to go through them all, but there's scriptures to back up every one of these. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the firstborn over all creation. He's the light of the world. He's the Son of God, the Son of man. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Word, which we just talked about. He is the Word of life. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's Emmanuel, which is God with us. He's the bread of life. He's the bridegroom. He's our deliverer and redeemer. He's the good shepherd. He's our high priest. He is wonderful. He is counselor. He's mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's the Lamb of God. He's our mediator. He's the rock. He's the resurrection and life. He's the savior. He's the true vine, the holy one, the Lord of all, and the great I am. Woo. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking more than just a, a sweet little baby in a manger here, right? right? We're talking the great I am. So let's go to the next slide. Oh, I don't have enough time to go over what every one of these mean. I only picked about four or so of them tonight. And we're just going to kind of go through them a little bit. Um, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This baby right here. This baby is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 1 Timothy 6.15 says, He is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Revelation 19 it says, On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. Go ahead and go to the next slide. There's no higher authority than Jesus. I mean, he is the king of kings. Amen. Ephesians 1, it says, And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Glory. So let's just read it again. He is exalted as first above every ruler, above every authority, every government, and every realm of power in existence. I mean, you talk about King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who being filled by it. So, so now all that authority is ours too. It's ours too. Luke 10, 19 says, I have given you authority. 
He's given us his authority. We can use his name. We can bind. We can loose. I mean, we can pray in the name of Jesus. We have authority because of his authority. Philippians 2 says, Your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus Christ, who, though he was God, did not demand and cling to his rights as God, but laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. And he humbled himself even further, going so far as actually to die a criminal's death on a cross. Yet it was because of this that God raised him up to the heights of heaven and gave him a name which is above every name, that at that name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Do you know there's coming a day, and I know we all know this, but there is coming a day that every knee, every knee is going to bow to the name of Jesus. Every, every religion, every nation, every tongue, every tribe, the Muslims, the, the people who have never heard of Jesus, every, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, yep, Jesus is Lord. Amen. And we say it now here. It, it's a blessing to be able to say it now. Let's just say it. Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to the next slide. I'm sorry, I can't see that up there. I just want to make sure I um, have it right here. So um, it's my, I'm new at doing all this technology here, you know. So anyway, so he's king of kings and lord of lords. Do you know we're kings? When it says he's king of kings, we're kings. And I can prove it to you. It's in the word. Let's look at um, up here, Revelation 1, 6. It says, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then in Romans 5, it says, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and the only Jesus, the Messiah? We're way beyond baby in a manger here, right? Thank God for the celebration of baby in a manger, but let's not leave him in the manger. <laughs> let's not leave him in the manger. 1 Peter 2.9, But you are God's chosen, chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. And why did he do this? He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. I want to do that. Don't you want to do that? Let's broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Okay, let's go to the next slide. He's the Holy One. This little baby's the Holy One. Psalm 16, it says, For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. He is a holy God. Amen. One of the definitions of holy is separated, separate. I mean, he's in a class all of his own. Amen. There is no one that can compare to him. Let's go to the next slide, please. Here in Mark um, 1, even the demons know that he's <coughs> holy. It says, hey, leave us alone, Jesus the victorious. <laughs> the demons said that. 
Leave us alone, Jesus the Victorious. I know who you are. You, you're God's Holy One, and you have come to destroy us. And oh, did he do it. Amen. 1 John 1, 5. This is the life-giving message we heard him share, and it's still ringing in our ears. We now repeat his words to you. God is pure light. You will never find even a trace of darkness in him. That's because he's holy. You will never find a trace of darkness in him. And then 1 Peter 2 says, He never sinned and he never spoke deceitfully. He is a holy God. Next slide. And then because he lives in us and we in him, do you know we are supposed to be holy? We are supposed to live holy lives. 1 Peter says, So roll up your sleeves, put your mind in gear, be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You didn't know better then, but you do now. Everybody say, I know better now. I know better See, now. there's some things we didn't know before he came, but we know now. We know better now. As obedient children, let yourself be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life. A life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy, you be holy. We need to get back to living holy lives. And I'm not talking, you know, some uh, like a Pentecostal holiness that's all about works and, and, and that type of thing. But I'm talking about a separated life. We're supposed to live a separated life. There's supposed to be a difference between us and the world. Our lives are supposed to be different. Our talk is supposed to be different. The way our marriages are supposed to be different. The way we spend money is supposed to be different. The way we raise our children is supposed to be different. The way we work, our work ethics, everything is supposed to be different than the world. We're supposed to be living holy lives. Amen? Let's go to the next slide. 2 Corinthians 6. It's supposed to be 14. I put 17 up there, but... Um, starting in verse 14, it says, Don't become partners with those who reject God. King James says, Come out from among them and be ye separate. We can say, Come out from among them and be ye holy. Right. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that is exactly what we are, each of us, a temple in whom God lives. God himself put it this way, I'll live in them and move in them. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good. I think as Christians, a lot of us have, have left the corruption. But you know, this says it's more than corruption we're supposed to leave. We're supposed to leave corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you, and you'll be sons and daughters for, to me. So let's just purpose. This next year, we're going to live holy lives. Separate lives, separated from the world, separated from the, the direction the world is going. We need to consecrate now more than ever because the pull of the enemy, we were talking about it yesterday in the office. You know, I've, I taught a while back on um, how the frog in hot water, and you know, they, they, they say they slowly can turn the, the heat up, and before the frog knows it, he's boiling and he's dead. 
because he becomes so accustomed to each level of heat. We want to make sure we are awake and alert and we are not blending in with this world and its ways. We are supposed to be separate. And so let's purpose, let's determine that this next year, we are going to live holy lives, separated lives. Amen? All righty. We're going to do things God's way. Uh, let's go to the next slide. I'm sorry. Did I? Um, no. We're, okay. There you go. All right. The light of the world. Says the Holy One. I'm sorry. I went through this time and time again to see if I. Uh, we already did the Holy One. There we go. The light of the world. Yes. Maybe I doubled up on something there. Sorry. So this sweet little baby is the light of the world. John 8 says, Then spoke Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Let's go to the next slide. John 9, 5, it says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 1, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light, as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. We need to not stay in darkness. I don't know about you, but I really don't like the dark. I'm not going to say I'm afraid of the dark. I don't like the dark. I like lights on. Things hide in the dark. Sin hides in the dark. Oh, yeah. We want to be in the light where all can be exposed, right? We want to be clean. We want to be, be able to be exposed before the Lord. We want to be in the light. And so then next slide. So um, I put not only, not only is he the light of the world, but we're his body. We are supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be shining for Jesus. Amen. We need to show those who are living in darkness. We need to be shining and saying, here we are. We have your hope. We have your answers, right? We're supposed to shine. Matthew 5, 14 says, here is another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is, not, God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light, on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, You'll prompt people to open up with God. When we are generous to others, that prompts other people to be open to God. This generous Father, which is in heaven. I've said this before, but I think the song had it wrong. I think it's a cute little song, but it's not this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's not a little light. It is a big light. It's a powerful, dynamic, anointed light. Amen? It's not some little tiny light. It's a big light. All right, next slide. Deliverer and Redeemer. He's our Deliverer and Redeemer. I know as a little baby, he doesn't look like that, but we see past the little baby in a manger. Amen? <laughs> yeah, don't let this little baby's appearance fool you. He's full of power. He's full of power. He's the great I am. 
In Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and He has anointed me to be hope for the poor, freedom, freedom for the brokenhearted, and new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. He's our deliverer. You're set free. I have come to share the message the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Amen. The message of Jubilee, Jubilee was a time when all debts were canceled, all was forgiven, and it, it was a time, it said, where a time of personal liberty or freedom. And yes, it was a time of rejoicing. The time of Jubilee is a time to celebrate yeah. our freedom. Amen. All right, let's go to the next slide. He's our deliverer and our redeemer. Deliver means to save by rescuing from evil or danger. To release, to set free, to rescue and preserve from imminent danger or death. We have been delivered. We have been redeemed. We have been set free from all the power of darkness. All bondages. Redeem means to buy out or buy back, to purchase or to pay a ransom, or to regain possession. You know, the devil took mankind hostage yes. after Adam and Eve sinned. And he held us captive. But Jesus paid the ransom. He delivered us. He bought us back. He paid the price with his own life and his own blood. And he purchased our freedom. He is our deliverer and he is our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Some of the things that we're delivered and redeemed from, hell, you said it earlier during the offering, we're redeemed from hell, sickness, disease, all unwholesome conditions, poverty, lack, the curse of the law. We're redeemed from all the works of darkness. Some of the benefits of redemption I wrote down was eternal life, forgiveness of sin, deliverance from sin's consequences. Oh, one of the benefits is we are in right standing with God. We don't have to deserve it. We don't have to earn it. It's a grace thing. We have peace with God. Peace with God. He's our deliverer. He's our redeemer. We can have peace with God. We're going to talk in just a minute about the Prince of Peace, but we have peace with God. We don't have to be walking around thinking, oh, is he going to, you know, is he going to get mad at me? And is he going to, you know, clobber me over the head? We have peace with God because of Jesus, because the little baby came. We have peace with God. How many people are living in turmoil today because they are not at peace with God? They know they're living under condemnation. They know they're doing things they shouldn't be doing. They're running from God or they're just living a sinful life. They're not at peace. But we can have peace with God. Amen. All righty. Let's go to the next slide. This is my favorite. This is my favorite out of everything here tonight. And I think that's about, we're going to be almost done here too, but this is my favorite. This baby right here is wonderful. Yes. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the perfect scripture for Christmas is this next scripture. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, 
and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Unto who? Unto us. Unto us. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a baby in a manger is given. Unto us. Unto me. Yeah. Unto me. We need to get that revelation. Unto me is given. Amen. Amen. Everybody say, He's my wonderful. He's my wonderful. He's my counselor. He's my counselor. He's my mighty God. My everlasting Father. He's my Prince of Peace. Amen. Isn't that good? Okay, let's go to the next slide and let's just look at what these mean. Wonderful. Mm, he's our wonderful, incomprehensible, full of wonder and beyond understanding. Jesus is our wonderful. He's our wonderful. His love, his power, it's beyond understanding. It's almost inconceivable. I knew somebody was going to do that. No, inconceivable. <laughs> But his power, his peace, his grace, his mercy, it's incomprehensible. It's amazing. Amen? He's my counselor. He's our counselor unto us. He's our counselor. One who is able to give guidance, to give purpose, or to devise a plan. He alone gives us purpose for life. When people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in life. He is our counselor. He's the one. He's already devised a plan. All we have to do is line up with his plan for us. Amen. Then he also gave us the Holy Ghost to be our helper and our guide. He's our mighty God. I like this. It says powerful warrior, strong leader and chief. Mm, That's unto us. Unto us is given a powerful warrior. A strong leader in chief. Because he's a mighty God. Amen. Amen. He's our everlasting father. That means continuing forever. Absolute ruler in chief. He is and always will be our father. And his word is the final answer in everything we face in life. Amen. Praise the Lord, our wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting father. And the last slide, he is our Prince of Peace. This little baby in a manger is our Prince of Peace. Prince means chief, the head leader. And then peace, peace is one of the shalom. This is one of my favorite words in the Bible, shalom. This is what this baby was born for, to bring us shalom, completeness, nothing missing, Nothing broken. Welfare, safety, health, soundness in body, prosperity, success, peace from war, friendship, harmony, tranquility, and contentment. Shalom. Remember when the angels were um, appeared to the shepherds and said, Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. What they were saying is, Because this little baby's being born tonight, shalom, 
to all men, all mankind on earth. They were saying peace, completeness to everybody, nothing missing and nothing broken, welfare, safety, health, soundness in your body, prosperity, success, peace from war, friendship, harmony, tranquility, and contentment to all man. Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to end with this and just say, let's remember when we're teaching our kids, parents and grandparents, when you're teaching your kids the Christmas story, don't leave the baby in a manger. We need to teach our kids He's the great I am. We need to go over all these names of what Jesus is. And let's not leave him a little baby in a manger. I don't belittle that. Thank God for it. Because that had to happen before he would grow up. But let's not leave him in a manger. Let's, Let's teach our kids who the great I am. And unto them, teach your kids, unto you is born all these things. Unto you is born the wonderful counselor, the mighty God the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, all these things. Amen? Unto us is born. So, amen? That's it?